Thank you so much. Pentecost is about the coming of the Spirit, but it's also about the mission of the church going into all the world with this wonderful news. And so we celebrate all the nations. We're so deeply grateful to God that God has brought all these gifts into the house. And we celebrate it today and we thank God for his goodness. And I would never have dreamt when I began this, uh, this work that we would have days like today filled with the nations coming together. Uh, when I first started, you always thought of having to go to the nations, and thankfully the nations are coming to us, which is very wonderful. And we send out missionaries into the lands, but also we believe that God is bringing the gifts of the church, the wider church, to us here at Alive. And we're very, very grateful to God. I'm just for a few moments going to talk a little bit about Pentecost. I want you to be excited because when the Holy Spirit comes, the world is transformed. It's totally changed. And I don't think we really understand the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we've been in Romans chapter 8, we've been looking at various aspects of the person of the Spirit. And today we look at the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 talks about, in verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We must never get used to this. As Christians, when the Holy Spirit comes, we receive power. And then Acts chapter 2 talks about that day of Pentecost. They were all together waiting. I just love the words that have been read to us this morning about unity. When you get that kind of unity, the Bible says God commands his blessing upon us. And so as they were in the upper room, they were waiting for the promise of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is about to come, but they are one together, and they're waiting together. And I believe the more we can be united in the church here, the more likely we are to see the outpourings of the Holy Spirit and the power of God released. And of course, Acts chapter 2 talks about the power coming at that first encounter as they are in the upper room. The power of the Holy Spirit comes. There's the sound of a rushing wind. It must have been hard to describe what was going on. There was a sound of a rushing wind. Then there were flames of fire that came into the room and sat on the heads of the people. Supernatural encounter. I believe that God wanted us to know that when the Holy Spirit comes, there's power. Now, usually speaking, we don't have those kind of visible expressions of power, but the Bible really tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and within us, we as his children receive power, and we need a church that's filled with power. There are so many needs in our world, so many sicknesses that need healing, so many lonely people that need bringing into the family of God. So many pressures on people's lives. So many people up against it. We need to be a church that has some answers. And of course, our answer is not found in our ability, but it's found in God's strength by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just had a little chat with someone before the meeting, and they talked about the revelation of God throughout the Scriptures. You find in the Old Testament God the Creator, and you begin to see God as the Father and then you come to the Gospels and you see Jesus walking the earth and he is the very Son of God. You find Jesus the Son. 
But aren't you thankful today we're in the era of the Holy Spirit? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, full revelation of who God is. We are very grateful people today. If you'd lived in the Old Testament, you were hearing bits and pieces. (laughs) But the full revelation has come, and it's in Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is given to us. And the Holy Spirit comes to us. Now, we're just going to look at four things together. And some of the words I'm going to be using are not usually familiar words. They're kind of theological uh, words, but they're found in the verses that we read together. And the first thing that you'll find in this very short reading of uh, chapter 8, verses 9 to 13, you find in verse 9 the indwelling spirit the indwelling spirit. It talks about, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. We find that when a person becomes a Christian and we open our hearts to God, the promise is the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. The Bible says that we're in Christ, but also we find that God is in us. That as we open our hearts to God, and sometimes we just open it in simple ways. Every Sunday, and we'll do it today, we pray a little prayer that's a kind of opening your heart, opening your life, inviting God to forgive us of our sins, inviting Jesus. Sometimes we've talked about Jesus coming into our hearts, but actually it's it's about the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And we find here in these little verses the indwelling spirit, the indwelling spirit. He comes to dwell or to live within us. The Bible says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't always feel like a temple, do you? Don't always feel the presence of God. Sometimes when you're up against it, it doesn't always feel. But on the authority of God's Word, if you are a follower of Jesus today, the Holy Spirit lives within you, dwells within you. The Spirit of power is within us. And I love Romans 8 because it shows us process. You start the journey, and as the Holy Spirit is invited, he comes within us. But as we mature in the faith, our prayer is that the fruit of the Spirit, in terms of character, begins to be expressed. And then the power of the Holy Spirit. If you read through the New Testament, you recognize that we're not meant to be little mundane people on a journey. We're people of power. We're the Holy Spirit, not only fruit within our lives, but the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to be expressed through ordinary people like us. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that gifts of the Holy Spirit are given as God intends, and therefore we can expect that as the day dawns, as we get closer to Jesus' return, we will see more manifestations of his power and his presence where we see the dead raised, we see blind eyes open, we live for those days. But I'll tell you what, on a daily basis, we see the power of God, don't we, in our lives. He shows up when we're up against it. He's with us, he's for us. How many of us have prayed when we've been sick and breakthrough has come? How many of us have been with relatives that have been hurting? And as we prayed for them, God turned the situation around. We've got to believe that God wants us to be a church of power. We're the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are in 1 Corinthians 12, a manifest. You know, where we have gifts of languages or tongues 
which is Pentecost was about, wasn't it? Languages that had never been learned. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, where we begin to see, uh, as the church speaks, the manifestations of the power of God, where God speaks, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, unlocking difficult situations, and also works of power, discerning of spirits, healing gifts, miracles. This is what the church is meant to be moving in. Let's stir up the gifts. Let's believe for more. Let's keep praying because there is the indwelling spirit, the indwelling spirit. When you wake up in the morning, remind yourself of this. It might not always feel like it, but God's in the house. God's in the temple. God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's with us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a Christian today, God's in you. God's in you. The indwelling Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that brooded over creation lives in you, lives in you. This isn't just rhetoric, it's in the Bible. The Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a Christian, the indwelling Spirit. The second thing I find here in the second part of that verse is the identifying Spirit. And let me just read verse 9 because it's very important. It says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. That's the indwelling Spirit. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So the identifying Spirit is this. But when the Holy Spirit is within you, this identifies you. It marks you out as a child of God. We've been through this, haven't we? We become sons and daughters of the living God. I think it was last week we said, actually, we're just experiencing, in terms of an agricultural picture, first fruits. In other words, first fruits said there's a big harvest to come. The Holy Spirit within us is like first fruits. We've, we've tasted of God. We know his power. But there's a whole inheritance ahead. There's a whole harvest ahead. And also, he is the, the Bible says, the earnest of our inheritance. In other words, he's the down payment. We know there's a lot ahead. We've already got the down payment. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like a seal. There's a legal document that says, from God to you, you are mine. It's stamped with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals us. And therefore, I believe that there is the identifying spirit where the Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. And here's the question, are you a child of God? Have you opened your heart and your life to God? Do you know that the Spirit dwells within you, the indwelling Spirit? Because it is this Spirit that identifies you as a person that's sealed and separated to God. And so we're going to be just challenging one another a little today as we go through this message do you know God? Do you know his power within you? Um, are you into a half-hearted commitment or are you fully in? All of us have our ups and downs. All of us are flawed human beings. But the moment we come to Christ, we invite the Holy Spirit within us. He comes into the house. He comes into the temple. The power of God is within us. And we need to start walking as though we believe that. And he is the identifying spirit. I love it today uh, that I know I'm a Christian because of the witness of the Holy Spirit in my life. 
the Holy Spirit, the, ident the identifying spirit. So the indwelling spirit, the identifying spirit, and then thirdly, verse 10, the invigorating spirit, the invigorating spirit. You know, as you get a bit older, this is good news for some of us. Verse 10 says, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead. That's interesting. Because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. When the Holy Spirit comes, we're made alive. We're invigorated. We shouldn't be rusting out or wearing out. We should be energized by the Holy Spirit. Now, we know the body, you know, has to do a bit of catching up the older that you get, but the spirit within us brings life. Jesus says, you might have life in all of its fullness. Wonderful thing to be full of the Holy Spirit and to know the energy of God. You know, sometimes when I feel a little jaded and I'm thinking, Lord, it's a busy weekend, I've got to speak. You know, yesterday, we, last night, we were doing a 50th anniversary in a place called Spalding, and they said it was going to be from four till six, and we finished about nine, and you're thinking, you know, can I keep this up? And, and you've done stuff in the week, and you've met with leaders, and then on a Sunday, you wake up in the morning, and you think, have I got the energy? And then you start to pray, and you say, have I got the energy? This is a gift from God to be able to communicate to you, and I'm thankful for it, and I don't take it for granted. How many people have the opportunity of speaking to hundreds of people and, they, and they're not answering back until after the meeting? It's really quite a, a thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and when you've got the microphone, of course, you have an advantage. But nevertheless, nevertheless, it's just a joy to know that there's life. And I love watching people who are alive in the Spirit. There's something wonderful. It's not actually to do with disposition. It's not to do with whether you're a positive or a sort of an optimist or whatever. It is life in the Spirit. Let's today be invigorated by the Holy Spirit. Some of you are tired. Be invigorated. The Spirit within you bringing life physically, spiritually, emotionally. The Holy Spirit coming upon us. And actually, we need baptizing in the Holy Spirit so that that power equips us for service. This is great good news stuff. This is the gospel. This is good news. So the indwelling spirit, he's within us. The identifying spirit, you're children of God. The invigorating spirit, we've been made alive in Christ. And then my final, final word and favorite word on this, and you'll not hear this preached very often, but the immortalizing spirit. That's a good word, isn't it? Immortalizing spirit. Well, I think that's a good word because in verse 11, it, it says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Here's a bit of a revelation. We're all mortal. Great news, we're all going to die. Some of them thought that they wouldn't. Uh, there are certain people apparently have put um, uh, telephones in their graves just waiting one day, you know, when it all happens. Uh, the phone call has not come. We're all going to die. But I'll tell you what, when the Holy Spirit is within us, there is the immortalizing spirit where we are going to live forever. 
immortal, invisible, God only wise, the immortal, powerful God is within us and his spirit releases us, which means that death is not the end. This body is going to decay, but a new one is awaiting. You know, from time to time, especially as I'm getting older, and I've said that three times, I think, already, which means it must be on my mind a little bit. But I'll tell you what, as I'm getting older, you begin to think of the new heavens, the new earth, and the new body. And I'm thinking, watch out, heaven, here I come. I mean, think about it. New, brand new bodies live forever. I think sometimes churches are filled with people that kind of tick boxes and say, you know, I believe we'll live forever. But we don't live with the revelation of it. We don't live with the revelation that when Jesus saved us and the Holy Spirit comes within us, the, the news is we will live forevermore, immortal. We will never, ever die. In heaven, there will be no decay. In heaven, there's no aging process. In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there's the harmony we long for on earth all the time. In fact, I don't know exactly what heaven will be like in terms of time demarcation because time I, I, is created I, and it goes beyond my brain. But what I do know is this. The hallelujah chorus is pretty good. Forever and ever and ever and ever and a few amens at the end. The immortalizing spirit. So here's my four things. First thing, the indwelling spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives within you? Do you know something of the power of Pentecost? Have you received Jesus as your own Savior and friend? And have you allowed the presence of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis? Listen, check this out. Do you speak to the Holy Spirit? Do you feel convicted by the Holy Spirit? Is he your friend? Do you feel the nudgings of the Holy Spirit? I often find the nudgings of the Holy Spirit with little, little digs where you know you've said something cruel and there's that little sort it, sort it. There's a word. I feel sometimes the Holy Spirit says the little word now that you need to use. Do you know what that word is? And I'm going, do you know what that word is? Sorry. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's a wonderful, wonderful adventure when the Holy Spirit is with us. And when you don't know what to do, when in doubt, speak in tongues. It's great. So the indwelling Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit abides, lives, dwells within you? The second thing is the identifying spirit. Do you know you're a Christian? Do you know that... If you were to die tonight, you would be in his presence, forgiven. And then thirdly, the invigorating spirit. Have you been a bit tired lately, tired of faith, tired of being good, weary in well-doing, wishing it was different? Well, well, allow the Holy Spirit to invigorate you, to give you life today. You know, I go into churches and you think, is anybody alive in there? And sometimes in worship, you're thinking, come on, guys, smile. Not here, of course, but 
Smile. Let's have some, let's have some joy in the house. Invigorating spirit. And then the immortalizing spirit. We're just mortals, just human beings. We're all going to die. But everyone who is in Christ is made a new creation. The old passes away. Everything becomes new. And we are granted the gift of eternal life. And we will live with him forever. We're going to pray together now. A, a, a prayer is going to come on the screen. We pray this. It's a very simple prayer. A child can pray this and come into the kingdom. And we're going to take a moment just to speak this out. If you're comfortable to pray this prayer, we'll pray it together. And then I'm simply going to invite anyone who's not yet started that journey, you're not a Christian, or you're not sure of your faith. After that prayer, I'm going to give you an opportunity just simply to respond as every head is bowed. I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. And when you do that, um, you're acknowledging, this is me today. You're making it clear before God. And also, it allows us to give a little booklet to you which uh, helps you on the journey. I just sense this morning that there may be people here. You may be a church person. You may be a good person. But you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that you're a genuine Christian. For others, it may be you've drifted from the faith and you're saying, I want to make this right. I want to come back this Pentecost day. So will you join me as we pray this prayer together? Let's pray it out loud and then we will pray. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness, and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just close our eyes just for this last moment. If today you've prayed that prayer in a meaningful way and you've opened your heart expecting that as you ask God to forgive you and the Holy Spirit to come into your life, you've believed that moment, you've put your faith in Jesus. If you've done that in a meaningful way, I wonder if you'd be kind enough just to slip your hand up and you're saying, I've prayed that prayer and we'll get a little booklet to you. We're not going to expose you or, or embarrass you, but you're not absolutely certain of your faith, and today you've prayed that prayer. Anyone at all, just raise your hand very boldly. People do this most weeks, and as you do so, okay, God bless you at the back there. It's wonderful. Best decision any person can make. I genuinely believe this. The best decision any person can make on the earth is the decision being made now. It affects your eternal condition. Anyone else who prayed the prayer just receive a gift of a booklet. and Thank you so much, guys. I'm so honored to be able to share uh, this morning. It is morning, isn't it? I need invigorating. So, Paul, come and uh, Paul and uh, Grace. God bless you all. Thank you.